0: Who shot you in the ass? Who? That who would be you? Me? I shot you? Yeah. I mean, I was, I was shooting. That yeah, was. I did a lot of shooting. I mean, but I, I, I ain't saying I shot you in the ass. I mean, I, I ain't saying I didn't shoot you. But come damn! Somebody shot you in the ass.
1: Tell me about it.
2: Alright, everyone, welcome back. This is uh, Neo, and uh, you're going to be listening to episode 187 of Gundam and Mahq. And joining me always is Soulbro and Chris. Guys, say hello.
0: Heyo, you.
2: All right, and uh, yeah, we're just going to kind of start getting into this because we got a, we got a lot of stuff to do because we're going to be finishing up our discussion and reviews of uh, Mobile Suit gundam iron-blooded orphans gonna be episodes 41 through 50 so yes we're gonna be going all the way to the end of the series and if you haven't seen those episodes yet i would turn off uh, I would turn off this podcast after uh, after the news and uh, come back once you finish up because there will be many, many, many spoilers. So, uh, guys, anything uh, as I saunter over to the Larry King Memorial News Studio for some news, listeners, submitted news? No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear what's going on. <laughs>
3: All right. Do well, it live. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, like, oh, like a particular cat that they do a
0: shit live, yeah. oh. well, no more. Oh. Bum, bum. Oh, oh,
3: that's right. He's podcasting oh. now. Never yeah, he's mind. like us.
0: He's he's come back to us. He's a dirty uh, podcaster. Don't,
3: don't 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 lump him in with us. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's in the class all by himself, and he can stay there. Woo! Right now, he's in the no wind zone. So.
1: <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs>
0: The hits keep on coming,
1: folks.
2: Oh, and, and, and probably probably shortly you're going to be in the class-action lawsuit zone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yes, I'm here. I'm in the Larry King Memorial News Studio.
1: You are the king! You are the king!
2: If you ever have any news, just uh, send it to the Neo's listeners, submit a news article's thread in the Gundam section of the MechaTalk Forum. Oh, man. Peace and everything is right with the world right now because our first poster is Vent Noir, so it's it, everything's right again. Uh, 2016 didn't happen, neither <laughs> <laughs> did the, the first three months of 2017. So thank you, <laughs> Mr. Vent Noir, and he's got a he's got an article here from Collider, and it says Guillermo de Toro explains why he didn't direct Pacific Rim 2: Electric Boogaloo, oh. and it looks like uh, so he said. The, the, I guess it's all dealing with timing he said here quote the timing started to suck I had this little movie I wanted to do The Shape of Water very very much um, at one point it was uh, Justice League Dark or Pacific Rim I said let's go Pacific Rim the reality is what they said we're going to need you to postpone because we're changing hands Legendary was going to be sold to China to a Chinese country company called the Wanda Group uh, China they said, yeah, China. <laughs> uh, they said you got to go wait nine months and I'm not waiting 9 months. I'm shooting a movie. I went and shot The Shape of Water and they chose Steve DeKnight as the director of Pacific Rim 2. So um eh, pretty pretty good explanation there. Pretty seems like it's pretty uh, upfront. Uh, um Del Toro t- talked later saying that uh basically he thought Del Knight is a good or is a good choice for Pacific Rim 2. I don't know why I keep wanting to say D-Light. I don't know. Um,
0: Cuz Del Toro.
2: Yeah, right. Um so thank well, you Mr. Benoir. Noir.
0: Oh, yeah. If guys. Uh, if tonight's uh, work on um, the Buffyverse and season one of Daredevil is any indication, then Pacific Rim is in uh, good hands. Good hands. Yes, sir. And I guess what? Uh, Finn and and Spark- it's Marcus,
3: too.
2: Yeah, the guy that's Finn from Star Wars, um, A Newer Hope. hmm he, he,
3: He's in it. And then he's... Um, uh, he's a uh, Stryker's son, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, he plays the son of. Uh, he has uh, his name's out there. I forget what his, his name is, but uh, Jake, Jake, uh, Jake Pentecost is his name. So that's. Uh, it's
0: Jake. No, he's his name Pentecost. is Apocalypse Uncancelled Pentecost. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's his exactly. name.
2: Apocalypse Uncancelled Pentecost. That's yes. incorrect. <laughs> because remember, the apocalypse was canceled. Exactly. This does, and I do think that the Pacific Room Two is kind of making Stryker. Kind of a liar because he said the apocalypse was canceled. And I got a feeling the apocalypse might be back on in Pacific Rim 2. It got a surprise second season.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Did really well. (laughs) (laughs) The ratings were just enough to to bring it back for an encore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that open-ended, that open, that open-ended ending, and uh, you know they were able to make something out of it. But uh, thank you, Mr. <laughs> Ventimara, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Flame X, and it's kind of amazing. that Flame X is posting this and uh, it says here, Mobile Suit Gundam composer Yushi Matsus- Matsusiyama dies after a house fire. So that's that's pretty oh, horrible stuff. What? I guess uh, he was seventy-nine. He died due to burns sustained in a house fire um you know he's he's uh oh man he's responsible for the char disco remix, yes sir. <laughs> yeah the 1979 mobile suit gundam anime he did insert songs for mobile suit gundam the origin and he did it for some other stuff but we didn't care because it's really just the gundam that's uh, probably ah. what he's most famous for
3: i'm sure he did say a lot of kick-ass fucking thi- uh, uh, uh osts man i was sad to hear this happen i didn't realize i didn't know that the circumstances i just saw a blurb on twitter and it's like that yeah, it looks like um, that's unfortunate fire broke out at his two-story
2: residence around four thirty on on a friday yeah he burned about meters of the second floor japanese style room he was rescued from the room but he sustained burns he was pronounced dead at the hospital
3: and that's an awful way to go is getting burned man Ugh. Yeah. Well, may you rest uh, in peace, man. He definitely made a great contribution to Gundam as a whole, man. That music is definitely iconic and still holds up. I mean, granted, it's dated, but it identifies. It's so identified with Gundam when you hear it. It's like, yo, oh, that's that's Mobile Suit. It, it's it stands out when you play like uh, extreme verses, and it's anytime you play with the 0079 characters from uh from the original Mobile Suit Gundam, and you hear them old disco tones. It's it's fantastic, yeah. yo. The Shard theme, it's it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, wonder, I wonder if you know, I'm wondering when once they lowered his coffin
2: down and they go. Shut. They should have. They should have. It'd yeah, have been a sign not, of mad not, respect. Not not nice to um, uh, make fun of dead people. Nah, but, but it's, it's all in fun. Okay. But when I die, I want the Char Disco remix playing as I'm being lowered into the ground. So, but uh, I'll facilitate that. Play- <laughs> Thank you, Flame X, for your submission. Oh, the next one here comes from Yazzie88, and it's coming from Crunchyroll. Ooh. And it looks like two new Mazinger mangas are going to coincide with a new Mazinger uh, upcoming movie. That's part of the 50th anniversary of, um, the pro- of Mazinger in the anime industry. So um, I guess the new works are, the two new works are going to be called Mazinger's Z- Interval Piece. And it's, um, the other one is going to be Mazinger Z Alternate Ignition. Those are the two, uh, mangas. And, uh, that's, that's some pretty good stuff, man. So, man, go Nagi, man. He looks pretty, still looks good. Definitely, uh, what is it? Black Don't Crack? What what do they say about Japanese? Yellow, uh,
3: um, yellow just mellows or something? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he looks really good. Yo, Uncle I mean, Go, Yo, Uncle Go is still fucking. He's still a legend, man. Look at this guy, still lamping. Yeah. I see him. I see him. That's amazing. Uh, it's 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 good to see new mangas. They're still being worked on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Mister Yazi eighty eight, for your submission.
2: Oh, the next one here comes from Masur Oh, so bro, Uh-oh. you wanted it, you got it. Yep, MSG War in the Pockets getting HD four K oh remastered God. release to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> everybody now we i think we need to get a a, a GoFundit page together so we can get it, so we can buy the 4k remastered japanese release of war in the pocket for soul bro oh boy. you could Young now
1: asian boys in y-
0: high definition everybody. you
2: could now remaster your classic anime movie vi- mu- music video Bernie's lament oh my god God, can you imagine <laughs> young Asian boys in short shorts? How well that's going to look for you, Soul Bro. Oh boy, what I a mean, good look that is! <laughs> yeah, how how much of a lament that we can actually see how lamenting Bernie is when he's. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, A beautiful 4K remastered,
3: soul, bro. Oh my gosh, Bernie burgers in 4K, man. Yo, all all Bert, all that resolution. Yes, yes, yes. We get yes, to run yes. back that bad matchup between him and Christina. That's great. Yo, seven yes. three. <laughs> Bernie was underserved. <laughs> but you know it's cool i'm glad to see it's getting re-released and remastered so i mean it's it's a it's a great ova man i i enjoy it to this day and um uh to see it coming out in japan i hope we do get start to get more gundam on blu-ray um it's nice what we gotten so far i mean i, I own the original series on blu-ray and um i'd love to see more of the classic series come out on blu-ray especially that uh, that's that's an easier thing to bring out here so hopefully it'll take a chance and port it over here as well I mean, all all
2: all the classics are getting
3: remastered. I mean, we had we had uh, you know
2: 0083, you know, one of the uh, the PSA about eating your carrots. I mean, if you want to <laughs> if you want to be a failure in life, just eat your carrots to be like Co. So uh, yeah, man. War in the pocket, soul bro. You know the people are going to want it. You're going to have to give it to them. Remastered Bernie's Lament. I'll think about it. <laughs>
3: as in probably no. <laughs>
2: So thank you, Mr. Um, Masir, for your submission there. Oh, the next one here, Soul Bro. Oh. You know, yeah, I'm in the bunker. You know what that means. Oh, shit, it's time? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, here in we the go. bunker. <laughs> Take it away, Neil. All right. Uh, this one, ooh, we started with Vent Noir. Now we're ending with Vent Noir. He's oh, got shit. The- I'll be back. It's already starting. This is from Gizmodo. It says, there's a video here. Watch this stabby robot play the knife game with a human. (laughs) Oh, my God. They're learning. Okay. All right. A little serious talk here. Mm -hmm. This guy. Of all the things that, I mean, yes, I know that I'm not about robots. I'm afraid of them taking over and making this in the Terminator style, even though the the bright side is I'll end up becoming John Connor or the Admiral or Mm -hmm. probably a mixture of both. However... If we're gonna be doing this with this incredible technology, can't we think of better things to test it on than just the stabby knife game?
3: <laughs> you would imagine, right? Like surgery? Yeah, I mean like precise uh, surgery, surgery, right?
2: <laughs> or or maybe just how to, you know, open up a door or maybe, you know, grabbing an egg without breaking it and stuff like that. Yet this guy's like, yo, this is the best thing I could come up with, is playing the stabby knife. This is like what you this is what like what the organized crime does, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you play this, this like Russian roulette? So
3: I love yeah, Alien. Uh, I'm going to make this robot to represent to, to replicate that scene and uh, with Bishop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> a new movie coming out this year. You know, millions of dollars <laughs> later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, for all the things that I keep, in, all the all, all the Robo sympathizers keep telling me about how great it's going to be with robots. This is the best she can show me here. But you know, showing. Showing a robot, first off, how to work a knife, and next, to point the pointy part of the knife at a human at human flesh. And then what's he going <laughs> to learn when he makes a mistake and he actually sees blood and he likes it? Because it's red. And that's how robots see is they see red, right? I mean, the Terminator showed us, right? Once the you get Cylons a taste, had you, get, the, you can't stop. They had uh, little,
0: sure. Yeah. They had <laughs> yeah, little, sure. <laughs> that's it. So, <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, he did this to a, um, a, a Sabul a TX-40 industrial arm. So, um, yeah, there you go. Um, great, great, great things, tech guys. So thank you, Mr. Venoir, for your submission. And thank you, everyone, for all your submissions to the um, NEO's Listener Submitted News articles. And if you ever have a chance to want to submit something, just send it in the NEO's Listener Submitted News articles thread in the Gundam section of the Mecha Talk forum. Guys, anything before we uh, begin our talk about episodes forty-one to fifty of oh. Iron Blooded Orphans? I know we got a lot to discuss, so that's why I was kind of rushing it. But
3: no, nah, man, I'm I'm ready to get talking.
2: So, <laughs> Chris, any any pearls of wisdom before we get into this exciting new topic? Or,
0: I hate everybody.
2: Okay. Well, thank you. Sweet. All right. <laughs> so, I guess, Chris, do you want to give us a quick synopsis of uh, forty-one through fifty? Maybe some of the 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 highlights there, you
0: know? Yes, uh, we're not we're not going to do the episode by episode, oh, no. line by line, <laughs> like in the old days. That we're not uh, doing we a classic Gundam. Reference.
2: This no. isn't classic Gundam. Come on, we don't have S- eight hours to kill.
0: <laughs> yeah. So forty one to fifty is uh, conveniently kind of one big block of episodes which is fitting for this review then so uh just gonna do a couple of highlights each episode so we're picking up with the uh cruel deaths of naze and Amida at the hands of Idiok, and we're having the funeral for them and uh Jasley and his boys want to start some by uh talking trash at the funeral to bait tekadon into taking offensive action But they control themselves and don't do anything, so Jastly steps up his game, and he has laughter murdered in cold blood in the teddy bear shop. Which is all kinds of messed up. So nobody is happy about this, the least of all Akihiro. So they ask Orga uh, what to do, and he says, uh, fuck it, we're gonna take these bitches down. So he... Breaks his Sakazuki cup and sends it back to uh, McMurdo with no conciliatory cannolis. You would think. No. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Sorry, that's he, sorry, I messed up. Have some cannolis.
3: That's, that's where he fucked up.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe you don't entirely burn that bridge. I'm, this is what I'm saying. Um, so he breaks the cup, which signifies that he's uh, leaving Taewa's, and. Tekadon uh, relentlessly hunts down Jastly and uh, beats his ass down because Ooh. his forces are made up of just mercenaries, so not anyone who's actually devoted to the cause. And um, he gets to uh, be the first uh, smashy, smashy bad guy to go down to the new and improved Barbatos Lupus Rex's ultra large. Mace because you can never have too large of a mace, you just call it ultra large. Yeah, (laughs) so now having cast Tewaz aside, uh, Tekadon throws in its lot with Megillus, who has decided to start his revolution on Earth with a bunch of junior officers and they try to seize Gallarhorn headquarters and he has this big old plan which essentially comes down to stealing the Gundam bile which is the first Gundam and was the one piloted by Agnika Kairu, the founder of Gallerhorn mm-hmm. And to do this, turns out that old old Mackie, old Chaco Man, was sneaky, sneaky, and all of the research that was done on the Alaya Vijnana system with Ein was used to allow McGillis to secretly get the surgery as an adult. Yeah. So he now controls uh, the symbol of Gallarhorn's power, and he expects everyone to bow down to him, and help him beat Rustle's ass, but unfortunately kind of goes the opposite way. And nobody listens to him, and we see the uh, most surprising reveal that nobody was surprised by, which is that Vidar was actually Gaelio. Who knew? <laughs> I,
2: I, I was and, generally surprised.
0: And that uh, the Gundam Vidar was actually Kimaris the whole time. Also, oh. an, another who knew. Yeah. <laughs> So we get a couple of episodes of uh, battles in space around Earth orbit that uh, basically just result in McGillis getting his ass kicked over and over again. (laughs) People dying. People dying. So uh, we have uh, this terrible moment where they're trying to take down Rustle and Shino is going to fire a Dyneslave round and gets knocked off target by julietta and just barely misses killing rustle and ending it all Bruh. and then in anger he rushes forward and gets himself blown to bits <laughs> and dies. jesus thus making yamagi sad and then uh mcgillis's loyal lapdog Isarugi dies and oh yeah nobody feels sad <laughs> <laughs> Kind of laughed. All of the uh, young officers who supported McGillis, a bunch of them, start to die because Rustle, the little sneaky false flag attack, to give himself a pretext for using uh, Dineslayer spam over and over again, mm-hmm. kill everybody. Oof. So McGillis and Tekadon decide to retreat to mars and he assures them that everything is cool he's got a plan except then when they get to mars the mars branch who uh their commander was somebody that mcgillis installed there says sorry we ain't gonna help you
1: yeah mcgillis is like don't worry
0: guys it's cool so orga despite uh having said that he will never betray anyone he's partnered with tries to do precisely that (laughs) and sell out Gillis to Rustle, and Rustle's like, nah, man, it's okay. Uh, you're going to be our scapegoat, so you have to all die. <laughs> you know that rejection letter. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, Kudelia gives them the idea that uh, they could just go to Arbrow on Earth, and Mach and I can hook them up with fake IDs. Is
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> not actually. easy. <laughs> to get to the club of freedom. Yes. <laughs>
0: He also learned that uh, Atra's ridiculous baby subplot actually went somewhere, and she convinced Mikazuki to have sex with her off screen. Yeah, <laughs> which must have just been the most boring and awkward thing ever. If you try to try to picture not the specifics of it, but just in general how that would go. Hey man, he probably got the vinegar strokes like like old Duke Togo. Man, he's a quiet man.
3: <laughs> I, I'm thinking just yeah,
1: the, the
0: expressionless, emotionless, just. Sitting there, like you do your thing, and I'm just gonna sit here and stare at you. Something. And
2: eat those little, eat those little snacks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah Between every stroke. <laughs> Popping
2: those little snacks in, like every minute or two. Oh.
0: Yep. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh shit. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I didn't know where that was going, but eh, yeah. Okay.
0: Well, that's where it went. So. Yeah. Uh, they get this idea, let's uh, let's sneak off to Earth and get fake IDs. But then that plan is dashed when they find themselves surrounded by Gallarhorn. Mm-hmm. So they decide to uh, sneak off. They get into the city. They find out that uh, Gallerhorn is lying to the media and using the media and making them not to be villains. And on their way back to the base, some men in black show up. And kill Orga. Oh yeah, which is uh, surprising because well, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So things finally come to a head, and Gellarhorn attacks Tekadon, and the plan is there's a tunnel underneath the base that runs to the city, and they're going to all escape in the tunnel and blow up the base so that everyone thinks that they died. Cool. Mm-hmm. Then McGillis goes up into space and decides to fight Rustle on his own. And kill him single-handedly. But um, he is finding himself fighting Gaelio, who previously revealed that the reason he can fight now and is not uh, crappy is that he's got a special Alia Vajana system that's artificial based on Ein's
1: brain.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And they fight and fight and fight and fight. And uh, Gaelus, man, just just has the worst aim
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> that people dramatically Yo. this is a continuing problem he ends up getting himself full of some shrapnel and then gets into rustle ship and is trying to get to the bridge so he can shoot him leaving a massive trail of blood has a confrontation with gailia where he reveals Uh, that he basically turned into a hard bastard because it was the only way to stick to his plan and not waver from it, and then uh, dies regretfully. And there goes all his ambitions. And then finally, we have uh, the last few... Taked on pilots trying to hold everything off while everyone escapes, which leads to Hush getting his ass killed and uh, ending his story that went from being uh, wannabe to Hodor to mobile suit pilot again. (laughs) (laughs) And we see, uh, unfortunately, Mika and... Akihiro getting their asses kicked by Dynesleif spam from space. And then Eok comes in to uh, beat them while they're already down and take the credit for it because, you know, that's what Eok does. Always. But he fucks up and Akihiro gives him gives him the old bear hug. <laughs> Cursed him like a walnut. <laughs> the old bear hug of death with his giant scissors and gives... Idioc the death that he so much deserved oh, uh, so long ago. That's satisfaction. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, Akihiro gets stabbed to death by a bunch of lances at the yeah. same moment. So Jesus, uh, I felt I felt that was like a very uh, code geass moment. Yeah, these three dudes like stab him with lances, and uh, I expected them to say, "Yes, my lordo." <laughs> like, did you have that feeling? I kind of (laughs) did. It was the one thing that was missing. (laughs) Uh, And Mika has his final duel against Julietta, and she kills him. Kind of.
2: No, he does. He does, but I mean, he was so badly beat that it's like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: And then we jump forward a couple of years where some people are older, and we find out that... uh, after winning that rustle became this chill guy and did everything that mcgillis wanted oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and everything's cool and cordelia is the leader of mars and ride becomes this vengeful guy who shoots nobles to death on the toilet mafia style yeah, I like <laughs> that. for uh, orga's death and everybody's happy, including a bunch of people who don't deserve to be happy. And that's your ending. <coughs> so we'll get to that. We'll come back to that in a minute. But mm-hmm. uh, circle around to you, Bro. Uh Overall thoughts on this last batch of 10 episodes and any particular standout moments.
3: Oh, yeah, man. Let's get right down to it, man. We just got to declare that Rustall is the MVP of the series. <laughs> The fact that he won. The fact that he walks away with the W. I was, I was, I was surprised, but at the same time, not surprised because that's life. That's life. Sometimes motherfuckers will win. Well, not only that, but he <laughs> ends up doing, he ends up doing all the stuff that McGillis wanted to do. Oh, no, like, like, just an additional shitting on his, fu- peeing on his tombstone. I was like, yo, I'm gonna handle this. I already see the winds of change, bro. I already, I already see you, bro. You went about it the wrong way. I got you. Don't worry, let me let me just let me embarrass you first. (laughs) By reviving your worst enemy and sickening sicking him on you, I love the fact that he stood there and said, No reinforcements, I need to see how this plays out. (laughs) (laughs) When those motherfuckers are fighting. Oh my god, yo, about McGillis, what the fuck happened? What happened with that character, man? I mean, I was was a bunch of hype. Oh, dude, I was on Uh. his side when they revealed his tragic backstory, which we knew was coming, but I didn't realize it was that disturbing. I didn't realize that he was uh, simply from a group of boy toys for rich fucking pedophiles like I didn't think they would go that far in the Gundam series those motherfuckers did and it was it was it was darker than it's one of the most one of the darkest things I've ever seen in Gundam for the most part. darker
0: than black you might
3: say darker (laughs) than black
0: (laughs) I've never (laughs) I've never been
3: on the side for a Gundam antagonist which he really wasn't an antagonist he was right in a lot of ways he just uh, like they said he was obsessed with power and he figured that he had a simple reasoning it's like if I get the power I can turn things to my will, and instead, the the it, you have to be a whole lot smoother than that, which is what Rustall showed him. Roustal is Rust, Rustle, or Rustall, He's moderation in change. He saw the winds of change; things were heading in that direction. He played it smart. He stayed ahead of the game. McGillis, on the other hand, hey,
0: I, I, I would not say that he's a uh, oh, he's an opportunity who saw the yes, yeah, he's, yeah. He's, uh, he's a very strident defender. Of the status quo. Yeah, he's Space Xanatos, not an agent of change. Which
3: no, no worries, I, I'll give him the Space Xanatos award for just making that pivot and being able to uh, to stay ahead of everything as that, that whirlwind was dissipating. Um, but yeah, McGillis, man, it was it was sad. Although I do like the resolution between him and Galio at Ga- Ga- Galio at the end. Um, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Obi Wan versus Anakin.
1: You were the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I gotta say though, did anybody uh was anybody reminded of the helmet headshot from F nine one, that Iron Mask runback? When he when oh, when yeah.
0: that, when you he helmet, <laughs> yeah, it's like, buddy, why are you shooting
3: there? You shoot! Oh my god, it, it's like, yo, d- does anybody learn?
0: The doesn't since he just has like the worst aim, as I said, with swords, yeah. which uh that proved to be his undoing, literally. Oh yeah. If he had mm-hmm. just if he had just aimed like uh like a foot or two to the right when he fought Galio way mm-hmm. back when, yeah.
3: <laughs> none of this would have happened. Hey, it came back to haunt him, but I do like the fact that they had that heart-to-heart, man, uh, at the end, and they talked about it. And And he's he's dying. He's had his dying breath, and he's going to tell him some bullshit like, you were my real friend. And Galio's telling him, don't you fucking say it. Don't you fucking say it. I, I don't want to forgive you. I don't want that shit Fuck you for putting me in this position. And then he just dies. He dies. He doesn't even get to tell him. It was like, look, because, you know, he was going to say he was going to try to make things right at the end. And he just ends up dying unfulfilled, which is the story of his life, which I thought was uh, very very poignant.
0: I thought I I very much was reminded of, uh, you know, just the like these two guys reflecting on their destroyed friendship Mm -hmm. uh it's very much reminded of uh lelouch and suzaku yes yeah uh made all the more fitting by the fact that uh mcgillis was voiced by the same guy who did suzaku
3: oh shit i think he may have mentioned that before but that is kind of fitting that he would be in that um he would be in that role i do like the fact that mcgillis didn't turn on the on Tekadon though, that he was they pretty much ran parallel most of the way. Well, you want, the you want
0: to know something? Mm-hmm. Um, after you know, at the end episode forty eight, Orga obviously gets killed by these uh, these dude in suits. Yeah, and uh, for a week. For a full week, we actually had a whole bunch of, uh, McGillis did it. Oh, no oh. way. We ran there that did Yol- it. <laughs> Yes. Even That's though it spinning. seemed painfully obvious, <laughs> these are just local dudes who pulled up in a car mm-hmm. in suits that obviously worked for Noblis, which is exactly what we found out okay. at the beginning of yeah. episode 49. Oh, yeah. But for a whole week, there was McGillis did it. Wow. <laughs> as revenge for for Orga deciding to abandon him.
3: Fucking horrible. <sighs> uh I I've been I've been the last 5 episodes so I completely missed that that whole that whole drama filled thing but it's ironic that they said McGillis so did was, it. Was when a the
0: thing that happened
3: When the voice of fucking uh Suzaku is the voice of McGillis.
1: <laughs> we
3: all and we all know Suzaku did it. Oh of course. Back then. <laughs> Proven. But uh, speaking of uh, aim, man, um, I found one of the most poignant moments in the series uh, was, of course, the death of Orga. And when he died, before he died, when he got that shot off and he nailed that dude dead in the head, he said, Oh shit. I actually have decent aim. (laughs) I fucking lost it. Because they went to show that he was probably very good, but he was a more of a, I guess he's more of a uh, master manipulator, um, uh, more more of a person who would be in charge. And he had always left all the dirty work in Mika's hands, who was more than willing to do that. But the fact that he could defend himself, the fact that he could probably have done more. And and been and been a badass in his own right. He only realizes that as he's dying. And it's an epic death scene, I got to say. You could see it coming um, within the last minute when he they're walking down lot. the hallway. Oh, he sure did, man. I've never seen that much oh. blood. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is the, the dynamic between Orga and Mika to me reminds me a lot of Gungrave between uh Harry and uh, Brandon because Brandon, he oh, served yeah. that same purpose for Harry. Harry Before things fell apart between those two, they had that same kind of relationship. Brandon was willing to do anything. Brandon was willing to be his sword. And there's people in history that have always served that purpose for a charismatic leader and this is no different. Um, I was kind of surprised to see Orga go out before Mika, I didn't. I thought Orga would really surprise, uh, survive the series. So to see him die right there was overall shocking. But once they started building up to that moment, it's like, oh, something's gonna. They're, they're concentrating too long in the scene. We got to get moving. He didn't even.
0: He didn't even get to use his mini unicorn. You know?
3: <laughs> yeah, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> you know, what's the, what's his name? Um, Eugene got had Eugene. to end up using it. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. ended up being like uh, the right hand man that, at the end of the day, man? That guy came through. Um
0: he's anybody's right hand man
3: he did man I-, I love the fact that Orga didn't inspire them even though he had a dark moment where he was almost about to sell out mcgillis or tried to of course and that ended up getting denied um but yeah um the way he went out like that i thought it was very it was very risky to kill off organ before um the main battle but i thought it was also very smart because it leaves the audience wondering what the fuck are they going to do now <laughs> Without a leader. But they they got this, man. Uh, it was nice to see uh, Mika take charge at the end and he inspired the troops because he's not one of a lot of words, but he found the right moment to speak and he rallied everybody. And I, I think Mika definitely shined in the end. I was uh, wondering if they were going to go the extra mile and finally kill off a gun, the protagonist. Of course, you know, Amar Ray dies in counter um, in counterattack, but it took a long time to get there when uh, Tomino wanted to kill off Amaro in the original series. But to see a Gundam series come to an end with the actual protagonist dies and he dies the loser in history, like history will look at Mika as a monster, and that is fucked up. But the people who knew well, him, if, they, if if they even remember his name, because remember true. they show
2: they show that <laughs> monument where it's like his name and Orgas and all the all the guys that died after that and that battle, they're kind of just scratched upon that. Um, you know that
3: that monument. So yeah, Which he's probably is, just an unknown guy. Well, I'm sure in the in the in the in, in Gallahorn he'll be remembered because he was that one oh, yeah. pilot that terrorized a bunch of pilots, killed a bunch of dudes towards the end. That whole that whole uh, set piece where the final pilots for Tekadon fighting off uh, Galahorn reminded me of the Battle of Thermopylae. Like they just decided to go ahead and recreate that in a Gundam series, a hopeless fucking battle that they had to fight. Spartans, yeah, Spartans. Basically, those kids were. And to see that they, yeah, you know, went out like yeah. that in a hopeless battle, I thought was pretty cool for the end of a Gundam series. It was small scale. It wasn't this war where the entire Earth Spear was at stake. It was a skirmish between a military force and a, and a, and, and, and a, and a PMC. And uh, a PFC that was t- pretty much turned into a group of terrorists, and it was something that just needed to be crushed, a rebellion that had to be crushed, a rebellion that went wrong. And that was actually pretty interesting to see a Gundam series just close out on that note with the side that you're rooting for or losing, that uh, the things that they did finally came to roost, Um, you know. People were complaining in the beginning of the series that Mika was cold-hearted and a murderer and killing people, but he was a character with heart. He just did things pretty much matter-of-fact, and he was the sword of Orga, and it was kind of hard to understand him, but you understood him, uh, especially the fact that he was just you know willing to be the right-hand man of someone who was going to bring a better life to a lot of people, although some of the decisions made weren't the best. But um, I won't go on. I'll I'll chime in on whatever you guys say, but um, uh, I'll hand the mic back to you, Chris.
0: All right, so Nia, why don't you hit us up with some of your thoughts?
2: Well, it makes me um, uh, these last couple episodes, especially the, the first part. There makes me think twice about going look looking over my back in the uh, teddy bear store. You know what I mean? I mean, don't go to if it's
0: Scowling, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Don't go to Build a Bear. <laughs> keep, keep, keep your head on a swivel. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, McGillis the bile. Um I'm almost thinking with how much uh orga discovered his aim maybe he should have been the one <laughs> <in that thing. laughs> um yeah i mean mcgillis i'm kinda i'm kind of torn on this because it's like you kind of like the guy at the beginning and, and you kind of like what he's standing for, but then in the end he just ends up being a lot of talk and yeah, he got the modifications, yeah, he got the bile and um, you know, he's got some amount of support within some of the junior officers of Gallyhorn, but man, just didn't really end up doing much and really couldn't uh, talk the talk or, or walk the walk on any of this stuff because, you know, it, it was nice to see him and Galio, um, you know, kind of have that heart to heart before he dies. But it's just like, geez, you know, um, I thought you would have done a little bit more. Orga, yeah, you got to give him respect on that. Um, Mm -hmm. I forget who he covered. Who who did he uh, protect? He covered Ryde Mass,
3: who later on
2: assassinated that
3: son of a bitch, which was a great moment. Holy shit. Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah, definitely a poignant moment. Um, You know, up until that point, you know. Orga was starting to get kind of in his whiny bitch mode again <laughs> on some stuff, so I was kind of not feeling it. But then, you know, he definitely uh, stood up there. Um, yeah, it was surprising to see him die so quickly. That was what episode forty-eight, I think. So that's when I really knew it's like, man, the this, the the fate is sealed on anybody. You know, on the major guys, Mika and all them, because I, I just kind of didn't know what was going to go on. You, you always have that slim hope, like you said, maybe maybe Mika was going to die. And I knew kind of probably Akihiro was, you know, he was he was always on on, on death's door there. But, you know, it, it really kind of, you know, kind of solidified that fact. And then we just see just a whole bunch of those guys. from it out. Just get wiped out, and yeah, Solbro's right. I mean, that's that's a great analogy. The, you know, they ended up becoming uh, basically the Spartans in the Battle of Thermopylae, yeah. um, because they they allowed uh, they allowed all those um, people from Tekadon to um, you know make their escape and, and kind of run back into society. It was <laughs> great to see. The Gallowhorn pilots just shit in their pants after <laughs> seeing um, the Barbatos after it's, like, it's been hit with how many downslaves, uh, you know, um, uh, spikes, and um, he's just going back and forth, and he's, you know, at one point, it looks like um, Mika's actually unconscious.
0: <laughs> Yo, like.
2: I think the Barbatos was actually just uh, in that survival mode, because, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's he took off that limiter i mean he's Dude. able to get the limiter and it just was i mean that was weird to me when you're just kind of seeing him in the cockpit and his eyes are open but you can tell he's you know is he is he thinking he's just thinking that stuff because it looked like he was dead at it, one point he, i like, think
3: i think he died like right there like she didn't even kill him it almost had shades of uh shades of uh of old kodanku <laughs> cranky yeah. where he kind of died in his suit he went out fighting although you know uh mika killed him but he also uh mika ended up dying on the same battlefield which is kind of fitting um being that that happened so early in the series and it's kind of to me it was a little bit of a mirror of that but the fact that lucky ass julietta fucking gets the gets to kill she gets the uh she gets the um the moniker of devil slayer like she's the king slayer
1: <laughs> yeah but i was much
3: but but you can tell though i mean even at the end of
2: the little epilogue there mm-hmm. you can tell that that's affecting her i mean she's yes. she's got she's got a little Wu face syndrome going on you know <laughs> yes you know
0: <laughs> i didn't expect to
1: win
2: <laughs> you killed Trace, but you really didn't <laughs> you take you can kind of take the credit for it but it's really him just manipulating you in the end
1: exactly so- <laughs>
2: So that, that was interesting. And yeah, you, you're very shocked because you're sitting there, Rustle and his, and his cronies. And you're just like, damn, these guys, <laughs> they survived. It's like, usually you would see, cause I mean, quite honestly, I thought maybe, uh, Juliet would maybe, maybe she'd die in a double KO or, mm-hmm. or maybe me could get her. And then, you know, finally they would do something, maybe some big missile or whatever to, um, to kill him, but the fact that you know she pretty much got out of there unscathed was uh, great, uh, you know, great for her, um, and it was kind of surprising, and um, you know, but probably the most satisfying was seeing old idiot get the Ooh. old uh, bear hug. The, the bear hug of love there the way they uh,
3: animated odd. it too was unreal i think slow fucking close <laughs>
2: there's one there's one point where you can't even see him but you can still hear him yes and then it's just one last little crush um <laughs> but um yeah so that that was good uh downside though that i had um that calamity war man um what well, you know <laughs> could could we just get a little morsel? So what the hell was going on there i I don't know. I mean, um, we got a little bit about the founder of Galahorn, and we got to see his Gundam and you know all this other stuff, and we even got to see the mobile suits uh, there or the mobile armors there for a little bit mm-hmm. and but you know, hey, um,' just a little morsel, so maybe. Who started it? What was it
1: about?
2: <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> who the participants were? Why the hell would you? Ha- why the hell would you create a self-replicating mobile armor to oh just go God. around and kill humans? I don't need much. I mean, maybe maybe just like what they did in, in, in um uh turn A. Maybe just uh, accidentally flip on the switch in the old mm-hmm. library, and you get the
3: <laughs> you, know, you get a quick synopsis. That'd be kind of interesting. You do feel uh, like you kind of got gypped out of a like a a grand story that you know kind of like when you watch game of thrones and you hear about all the cool shit that happened back in the day and you know <laughs> you're, you're dealing with the fallout of it now and it's like yo i want to see what the fuck happened 300 years ago i want to i want to know that story and you never know we may get it in an ova or movie somewhere down the road it, it's it's definitely uh, fodder for another series if they want to do uh the talk about the calamity war and how that all played out that'd be kind of cool to see but i'm not counting on it anytime soon um, it, it was a little weird. I'm kind of mixed about the epilogue ending.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know what they're, I got what they were doing. I mean, I understood what they were trying to do. It seemed like it could have been done a little bit better. Maybe, maybe devote the last episode to it a little bit more Yeah. to see. Cause it was a little abrupt. I mean, I think there was points where we could have maybe shaved down, um, some of the stuff in some of the earlier episodes. Um, and you know, done it that way. So I get—I I didn't hate it, but I wasn't completely satisfied with it. Um, like I said, I, I get what they're trying to do in the end. You know, a guy—you're thinking Rustle's this horrible person throughout the whole thing, and he ends up being the guy in charge, and you know, and basically winning and you know, doing the ultimate insult of doing—you know—doing what poor uh, McGillis was trying to do. But it just seemed a little. If there was ever a point to maybe just have one episode of of an entire epilogue, um, could have made sense because I was a little weird about how I wanted to see how the world kind of knew what Tekadon and, and this final battle, how they saw it. Mm-hmm. You really didn't you didn't see it that much. You just saw you know just the the immediate players and and where they're at at that point. And then of course we get um, uh, Kudelia and Ultra. You know I guess they're they're both baby mamas now. That was a that was a weird arrangement with the little <laughs> little Mika kid. Uh, you know uh, what was his name? Kotsky or something?
3: Kotski, yeah. Kotski. It's a complicated it's, relationship, man. Yeah, that was a little strange, but we're you both know, your wings. Uh, but they they committed. They committed to both being his wings yeah.
2: for real. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely were. So, um, but yeah, it, it was a little awkward at that end. I mean, I got what they were doing, but just I seemed like it could have been better so mm-hmm. but um Chris uh your thoughts
0: so i uh <clears throat> enjoyed the first part of this uh, last batch of episodes and you know we got McGillis uh doing his final gambit and you have what feels like a gun to battle from the last two episodes being done in the middle of the '40s, which is weird. And it's like, oh, then they they got plenty of time to ensure there's a good ending here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I felt uh, concerned that McGillis's master plan was, I got the bio. Y'all best listen to me. <laughs> That's yeah. the extent of it, too. Oh my and, god! And, and people in Tekken are like, is is that is that? Is that your master plan? And that number one Sycamant is like, Yes, it's brilliant. Don't you see? Everyone in Gallarhorn knows the power of Bile and they'll bow down and it's like, Uh no, not not really. No literally nobody cares about Bile except McGillis.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like – it was like everybody else seemed like it was just like, hey, it's just a museum piece or something. It's a like, museum hey.
0: piece figurehead from 300 years ago. Yeah. It literally means nothing. You are a moron.
3: It's not Excalibur. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, he sure thought it was. Yeah,
3: he sure did. And
0: then you see that he – this is what he was planning for and he had nothing else up his sleeve. He kept con- trying to convince people otherwise – that yeah. every single setback to him was actually an advantage. It's like, oh, okay. Sure thing. Yes, we lost half of our forces, but you know, we'll turn it around. So yeah, we have the advantage. Okay, okay. Whatever whatever lets you sleep at night, Mackie. <laughs>
2: it was the eternal he was the eternal optimist.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I thought, you know, oh, we're going back to Mars and he's convinced that they're gonna win there. Maybe maybe he found himself some more mobile armors and he's going to let them cut loose yeah they're going to go on the rampage and then tekadon will have to stop them Mm -hmm. yeah i thought and all the way up until right before he bolted uh he was gone for most of say i think episode 48 Mm -hmm. and somebody made a comment of oh he went to go check something i'm like oh did he now yeah he went to go check some mobile armors that he found
3: no. Maybe found a way to control them or something, or maybe the it has a way of controlling the mobile armors, or some way nope. to the, uh, that would nope. have been that would yeah. have been interesting.
0: Nope. He was all trash. He was all hype. All of his maneuvering and plotting was to reach a childish goal that would never attain his dreams. And when confronted with reality that things did not go according to Keikaku,
1: mm-hmm. he
0: crumbled and just could never adapt to rustle strategies and was consistently outplayed at every step of the game
3: as soon as he said he was going to take him on by himself i already knew that was that was it for him (laughs) it's like that that's the dumbest thing i've seen dude what are you doing
0: (laughs) and it's it's like a
3: it's like a childhood
2: obsession too like it just was like i'm gonna get bile and you know it's it's like he it's almost like he had it more I think, it's, I think he almost built up the legend more for himself than what it really was. Pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And from his scheming and manipulating at the end of season one, such as uh, engineering his father's downfall, manipulating Carta into getting herself killed, uh, trying to kill Gaelio. You think to yourself like, oh, man, this guy's a master manipulator on the level of, say, Char or Lelouch. And it's like, no, he's he's garbage yeah he's not he's just an idiot who believes his own hype but came across as being the most competent guy ever until it actually counted
3: yeah, it, it, it's 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 uh it's unfortunate because uh, you can see how much I guess of a zealot of uh Agnica Kairu that he was, um, because he you know he was cracking those books and and just obsessed with that person, and I guess he looked at him kind of like a Christ figure or something, thinking that you know he yeah. could be his uh, his, his successor, and um you know that just was not. I mean, if that was nope. all to his plan, I'm super disappointed. It's not like say someone like Trey's who's the opposite, who's like on the the other end of the spectrum, who's who, yeah. who, who you can never get to. But I figured, looking at um, looking at McGillis, he would have had more up his sleeve. He'd have had plans to counter uh, counter uh, uh, other yeah, things
0: yeah, just didn't and, Think, but no, he, he he was could all in. No, no adaptability, <laughs> none. <laughs> yeah, no ability to think on his feet, mm-hmm. and uh, stunningly poor uh, planning and Whew. really bad aiming skills. Yeah. So. Uh, piss off, McGillis, Here, are your
1: back
2: Yeah, he, he really, I mean, because if you go up to that point, you're thinking, okay, this guy does seem like he knows what he's doing. He could be one of these top ten kind of um, Gundam schemers. And it's like, man, that's all he had was just he thought that people would bow down to this relic mobile suit that, you know, it's just more of a symbol. Than anything?
0: With, uh, <laughs> with its unbreakable swords, it actually did indeed turn out to be breakable. Breakable. Oh my God, yeah. boy, they got shattered. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so, McGillis was a disappointment as a character. Um, I was not thrilled that they spent so much time this season on this stupid Atra baby subplot, and then Ugh. they actually saw it all the way through to her and Mika having a baby. Like, oh my God, this is such a way i've never cared much for atra to begin with but mm-hmm. she was just especially annoying this entire season
1: mm-hmm.
0: all the stuff about babies and then talking about it but then getting embarrassed when someone would say something to her and then bringing kudelia into it and it's like is is this the best way to be using these characters and be using the time that we have yeah it, it was awkward i mean i i'll, I'll defend uh Ultra to one degree and
3: that's uh that she became obsessed with it last season when she, uh, was on the turbine ship and she went to the infirmary and, uh, not, well, the, um, the nursery and, uh, saw all the babies and, uh, she had that little moment where she was thinking of, uh, having a harem with fuck,
0: <laughs> with Mika. But it was comedic it, it should back then. Not, and, mm-hmm. it. should never have been followed up from that point, though.
3: Yeah. I mean, granted, her and Mika are the yeah. same age, so I'll allow it, but it, it kind of, and it, it just kind of came out of left field. And when it happened, uh, you know, Mika it's just, his, he, mm-hmm. They
0: have they have no chemistry he uh has no interest in anyone or anything mm-hmm. except uh doing what orga wants like you you could argue uh up until you find out that he imprinted in her that he's like asexual because he does not show any particular interest in anyone you know Kudelia and him were kind of linked together simply by the virtue that she was the lead female character and he was the lead male. So Mm -hmm. there had to be something, but then that turned out to be nothing. (laughs) Um, he's just kind of there it's, it's a weird kind of, it seemed forced to me too yeah it's, yeah it's a weird relationship
3: and and the fact that they were trying to make it kind of a threesome type situation it's like i i get you trying to to say that he he could kind of pull off something like uh not uh, like nazi turbine but even nazi was was pretty uh pretty dedicated to his to his wife uh at the end of the day he may have slept around with other women but at the same time he had he had his main chick and, uh, that's, that's pretty much how their relationship worked. She, it was just an open relationship. So I, I don't know, uh, I, I couldn't see Mika be in that position because as you mentioned, he just didn't come <laughs> off as someone who, you know, had it, had, he wasn't a Lothario kind of like Naze was. He was just, he, 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 he was, he was steadfast in his, in his job. And I, I, I will argue that Mika didn't really care about much else because in moments you could see that he did care about other people when, um, when, when what's his name? Hush died. That was actually kind of touching to me. You mean Hodor. Oh, wait, Hodor. Yeah. Hodor. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was kind of touching to me that he he, he
1: cares him. He was about holding him. the door.
3: He was holding the door, and and that he told him it's like you stay here and you hold this position. Like he he yeah. left him with something to die with, and I thought that was that said a lot about Mika's character because when when it comes when when it comes down to it, you can see that he is human. He's he's a bit robotic in his delivery, but at the end of the day, he's just very he keeps it all in and he tries not to let it out and there's there's the when the moments where he actually does show his humanity I think are some of the more powerful moments in the series at least to me anyway
0: I think he's kind of disappointing in the, as as a main character mm-hmm. not in the sense that he's cold-hearted because we've seen that before in characters like Hiro and Setsuna yeah but the fact that he is so passive a character in his own story <laughs> that uh-huh. he basically has no agency and really does nothing like to a certain extent every previous protagonist in Gundam is at the very center of the story and is somehow driving the action and Mika is kind of just along for the ride and is just a living weapon that runs in the direction pointed by orga
3: would you would you say wouldn't you say that the uh, protagonist in the series is a two-hander between uh, Mika and uh, orga? In that case, they kind of divided the qualities of a protagonist between the two of them, I thought. But um, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I can understand that. But for driving the story, it's yeah. more
2: Orga. I mean, it's you know uh, how many times do we hear whatever you tell me to do, Orga? I mean, <laughs> there's
0: only there's only one person in a Gundam show who gets to be in the star white Gundam, and yeah. it, it ain't Orga. So, you know, wh- whatever way you want to frame that. Mika is still the protagonist.
3: True. Who yeah,
0: Who is just along for the ride and does nothing to further his own story. And,
2: and and he's no different than he was at the beginning of the series. Pretty much, I would
0: say he's the, there's different some difference. Mm-hmm. You know, he learned how to read. He wanted to all that. Farming. Yeah. Uh, he opened up a bit with Kudelia. You know, he he definitely did change a bit. Yeah, it's just not noticeable because he's just so. Um,
2: just kind yeah, of unless he's fighting he didn't do anything I mean yeah. he never spoke he never really spoke up during you know they'd have the tech it on and have the meetings what do we do what do we do you know Mika what do you want to do whatever you tell you me to do, yeah <laughs> so is, I it's mean
0: tiresome after a while especially when Orga spends so much of the show just consumed by self-doubt yeah, which right. is fine for for something to happen you know someone like him who has such a burden on his shoulders but yeah at the end of the series it just gets so tiresome of him just basically being whiny about what do I do I you know took this big bet and now it's turning against us oh my god <laughs> not yeah. so much
3: the king of mars anymore
0: nope. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that really rubs me wrong about this series is the epilogue
3: oh in yeah. well, the last 15 minutes where they squeezed in so much we, we need a we need a final plus of this episode that's what we need <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I'm supposed to believe that uh, that Rustle mm-hmm. fought so hard to stop Megillus from seizing power and changing the world when emerging victorious from this battle immediately turns around and does all the things that he fought to not let McGillis do.
3: Yeah, but I mean, at that time, uh, the Seemed, leader, the li- seemed the, a little far-fetched. Well, the leadership of, uh, of Gallahorn was so toxic at that point, and it got exposed on a deep level. Once, once they, they made public what, uh, what, uh, Fareed did to, uh, to McGillis, and they probably uncovered that whole ring w- within their leadership, too. So that had to do some, some PR damage yeah. big time. Yeah,
0: but that's. But what would happen is, in, and in a story like this, what should have happened is that he clamps down and just does a PR effort. Oh, yeah. Not right. actually make any changes. Yeah.
3: I mean, he was already on that PR game to begin with, with uh, working with noblest So, yeah, he did so have control of the media. He, he
0: does all of these sneaky things throughout the series. He engineers that war to hurt McGillis on Earth. Mm-hmm. And all these people die for for that. Um he lets Eok run amok and really does nothing about it,
3: which leads to a lot of deaths. I think he did intend Eok to die numerous times and he managed to survive each time. Like, he, he was, he was, I think he considered Eok disposable, honestly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, he commits war crimes. Oh. By using yeah. the Dine slave with just uh, a false flag uh, excuse that is completely flimsy, and he's just—he's not a mustache twirling villain, mm-hmm. but he is an antagonist in every sense of the word. And then he—he he just gets away with it, hey. and he wins, and then he does everything that the heroes wanted, which is just. It just makes makes no no, sense because there was never any indication with his character at all. But Chris, that's the world we live in. And he was anything other than the the embodiment of the status quo. So Mm -hmm. I just cannot believe that he became this reform-minded democratic leader. It just makes zero sense. And how the hell is it that Eugene stood? Two feet away from this guy, and did not wring his slimy space uh-uh. sanitose neck. <laughs> that is some self control.
2: That is some serious self control. Because it because it would it would have made sense, like if Russell was like, "Okay, some of these things that you're bringing up, McGillis, are, are, are you know they need to happen." However, you're just doing it the wrong way. Then maybe you could say, "Oh, he might." Put some of these reforms in but yeah it, it, and i do think he was more mustache he seemed more mustache twirling to me i kind of do feel that he was just sitting there back the whole time just like you know just twirling away because
0: i wouldn't put him a mustache level no. of like say anybody in the titans or well Zare, yeah or or you know uh even Zaft.
3: I would say he's more worthy of Trey's than definitely McGillis was. Because he stayed cool, calm, and collected. He had uh he had counterpoints to every praise. point that was made. I I mean I mean honestly one percent and... of what uh, of the pimpness that Treys is, but he did exhibit a lot of hand in 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 the series, and he he, did. he definitely he definitely came through an end. I mean, he he left away with the W, so I can't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately.
0: So I just cannot buy his his sudden conversion. Um, What it really feels, this discontinuity, is that they wanted to have a sad ending in the sense that so many people in Tekadon died, but then they wanted to force it to be an overall happy ending in a way that doesn't make sense. And it feels like they're taking a cylindrical object and trying to shove it into a square-shaped peg. (laughs) And it just doesn't work, because the way the show should have really ended if you want to stay consistent with the tone of everything up to now Mm -hmm. is that Rustle, um, clamps down, seizes all the power, consolidates, Mm -hmm. does, uh, token, uh, efforts for the media, for public relations. And that in the end, uh, all the surviving characters are worse off than they were before the start of the show. That's that's how things should have really ended. And I'm not saying this, you know, in some grim, dark, edgelore kind of way. I'm just saying that this is what would be consistent with the tone of the show up to this point. And the general cynicism and hopelessness that so many characters feel. Rather than, oh hey, everything worked out and hey, Kudelia's running Mars and <laughs> nothing could be better than the way things are right now, except that everybody's dead.
3: Much like Xanatos. He turned from heel to face. It, it, <laughs> it is it is a little it is a little
2: weird though that it seems like all the people that were had some kind of connection with Tekadon mm-hmm. in the end, like they could just go on with their life. And there was, <laughs> you know, you're right though, Chris. It'd be like, they'd probably be worse off. Some of them would probably be in prison. Probably some of them getting, you know, hunted down or whatever. And it just seems like, oh, well, you know, I won and we got everything going. And, you know, everybody can live peace and love and happiness, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't get it. And it's... It doesn't spoil the series but it really brings it down a bit because like I said it just it just seems disingenuous.
3: So basically you want to see are you see you want to see Mars continue to be crushed under the weight of Earth's mighty thumb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> More orphan babies having to work the coal mines. <laughs> no relief in sight. <laughs> Exactly. It's like, what is this get out of jail free card about resetting your IDs? Get out of here
0: with that shit. You fucked.
3: So, so you, so you wanted you wanted uh, Akatsuki
2: to be in the same path of hopelessness and despair that his father was in. Exactly. <laughs> just trapped in that just that horrible cycle.
0: <laughs> that that is exactly.
3: He, he meets his
2: version of Orga. <laughs>
0: And they just end where he's
2: saying, I'll do whatever you tell me to do, uh, Orga wannabe, or, or, or
0: Orga 2. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yes,
2: season 3, coming!
0: That is precisely correct.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty damn happy at the end, though. It made out all right. all those bastards died. Yeah. <laughs> Horribly, too.
0: mm so, uh, unfortunately, that's not the ending that we got. So we just got to we got to accept what we have. And uh, any final thoughts on the series before we close the book on Iron-Blooded Orphans? Uh, I um, guess
3: uh, we'll go ahead. I, so. I'd,
0: I'd say, um, you know, watch it. It's it's got
2: some good stuff in it. So don't think that it's not, you know, good, but it just uh, it, it could have been better you know but uh definitely some good stuff there so
3: yeah i mean it it stumbled to the finish line but i still think it ended on 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 a note that i was satisfied with um some of the heavies could have been uh played out a bit better and uh i do think uh that that epilogue is a little bit condensed i would have rather seen a bit more of a extension on that and if they ever decide to do a a director's cut of that episode it'd be very interesting to see kind of like what they did at the end of uh of uh destiny, so we'll well, was that bad. no but yeah, but i mean <laughs> <laughs> that that's a that's a shit show and a half, but no i w- I would love to see an expansion on that on that epilogue. It'd be really cool to see a little bit more and to find out the fates of some other characters. We heard about some characters we really didn't get to see how much of a time jump was that like four or five years? It seemed like it
0: uh at least maybe two or three years because they make reference to uh mary bit and naughty yeah uh, having their second child yeah and i yeah. was i was
3: judging it based off of this of the age of uh of akatsuki because uh he was he looked like he was four or five years old at that age I and mean, he was talking he was you know he didn't look like a baby he looked like just a, a kid ready for kindergarten so i thought it was just you know roughly about maybe three to five years at best but um yeah for them to have two kids that's really cool i mean i've got a few uh a few slight things to just mention um i I'll, I'll add to the fact that just seeing um seeing the death of uh of or of of laughter that was a death that took me completely by surprise i gotta say i didn't see that shit coming at all until she was in the store um and to see her get mowed down like that right after you see Naze uh and and uh amita die that messed me up. <laughs> I, I stopped watching for a day. I just had to stop. Um but that was that was a powerful moment. Um I was a little upset that she and uh, Akihiro never moved any further than that, that they they stayed in the friend zone before she died. That kind of sucked. Um but uh i i do think her her death had poignancy, so there's at least that um aze became the new smooth criminal she became the new naze i thought that was really cool that uh she's running the turbines now and you have to have a woman in charge of them is 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 a nice touch uh, i i the, that look goes very well uh with uh with the character so shout outs to aze and um yeah other than that um that julieta and uh galio end up in the, uh together in the end either as friends or Whatever, whatever you would call the relationship, and Guy Leo ends up being more like uh, his old self by the time uh, we see him in the epilogue. So it was really cool to see that uh, he kind of got a happy ending, even though he's uh, he's, a little, he's he's pretty much crippled for the rest of his life. <laughs> it's, it's it's bittersweet to say the least. But uh,
2: other than ask, that,
1: mm-hmm.
2: let me ask you guys this: mm-hmm. rewatchability. How quickly would you rewatch this again, Chris, if, if you didn't have to? Like, do you have a, a desire? Do you, do you feel this is something you'd rewatch very I'd, quickly? Uh, I rewatch it a year? In, uh,
0: in a couple of years, and I, I'd i buy it on Blu ray when it comes out here. So it's not uh, not something Age. that I'd sign to the uh, dustbin like Age or Reco.
3: Okay. Yeah, it's all, bro. For me, it's in the top. It's my in my top seven. Gundam series, I've got to say, I would definitely rewatch this again. I'd definitely buy it, um, and uh, for the most part, I enjoyed the ride. I've got to say, the destination may have not been all all that was cracked up to be, but the ride was definitely fantastic. And uh, I, I give it up. I, I'm glad they tried something different with this series. They they defied convention in a lot of ways, and I think that this series, especially the way the fights were constructed, that one moment. We're towards in the final episode where, uh, Akihiro throws one of those mobile suits into another mobile suit. That shit was violent as fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was great. But the, the fight scenes alone and the the fact that they decided not to go with, with conventional weapons you would see in the Gundam series and the way that just the set pieces were drawn out and they took their time with it. I thought that was fantastic. Um, you know, very well constructed, uh, unlike, say, something like G. Reco, which was a shit show. <laughs> This is a breath of fresh air and I I do appreciate the series quite a bit even with some of the uh some of the uh the areas where it faltered.
0: All right, so uh we want to uh toss out any kind of ratings, ratings here for this last batch. Yes sir, man. Hmm. I'd give it
3: I'd give it 4 left showers, man, making it rain. <laughs> out of 5.
0: All right, uh Neo, what do you give it?
2: Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half Calamity War documentaries out of five.
3: Hell yeah, dude. We need answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give well, this, just t- Just a brief synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> it's all I'm asking for. Just, just some key points. Son, I just want the Ken Burns points. version. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't need nine hours. I, I, I just need... I need 20. <laughs>
0: <laughs> PBS, what are you... What are you doing? <laughs> Get on that. I'm going to give this, um three and a half uh ill-conceived end games out of five
3: sweet there you go, Here you go man uh, overall i think it was uh it, it was a it was a it was an enjoyable watch and um if this team comes together to do another gundam series i'm excited for it honestly uh keep keep moving in this direction do new things with gundam i think it's worth the risk even if it doesn't come out 100 percent perfect <laughs>
0: Is that, is that a Sobro
3: guarantee? It's a sober, yeah. I'll put I'll put my stamp on it. Why not? Why not? Sobro endorsement. It's Hell yeah, man! Yeah. I mean,
2: I'll
3: I'll put Look my stamp on it. I don't. G- I, I I'll be glad to. I'll I'll you, you my guarantee.
2: You guys weren't Zeta or Turn a and and you weren't Age, so <laughs> I would say you're the rights to another another show. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: The, the the authority on mediocrity is over right here. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime uh you need to know about mediocrity,
1: mm-hmm. he's yes. your man.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I do have a question for you, man.
3: Uh Eok, is he the greatest loser villain now, or is it still Chronic it's still Chronicle Asher? Who, who who's worse? Who just just gotta know. I I, I still
2: gotta me personally. Mm-hmm no i mean as 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 satisfying as idiot's death was mm-hmm. it still just doesn't have the burst out laughter that i always get when i <laughs> uh, when I phone a fast <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. and it's so bad that the camera just keeps going like yeah. you know it's just like we're just gonna show this guy I die we're just oh, yep, he's gone he's
3: space debris <laughs> <to breathe. laughs>
0: he got treated like that <laughs>
2: I don't know, Chris. You might be different, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh that sounds about right. Um <laughs> dude was a loser. But uh Chronicles that's just such a <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just stupid <death>. stupid
0: <laughs> That's so ridiculous. A series of unfortunate events is that dude. <laughs> uh
1: <Uh-oh.
0: gasps> So, um I will turn things over to you. Neo. Oh, 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 well, thanks.
3: Uh, so bro, you wanna? Mm-hmm. Tell us how to tell the people how to reach us. If anything, uh, you guys have been listening to episode 187 of Gundam at MAHQ and thanks for listening. Um, check us out, um, as always over at Gundam.net. Uh, this episode, of course, we covered episodes 41 through 50 of Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. I hope you guys enjoyed our reviews and, uh, thanks for checking out the episodes as well. Uh, you can check us out on, um, you can find us on all these websites, MAHQ.net. That's where the magic happens, the mecha and anime headquarters. Make sure to visit and, um, also favorite the website and read turn off and to check out all the great line art and reviews for different uh, different um, Gundam series and also anime series. Chris wrapped up his reviews individually of all the episodes of Iron Blooded orphan so if you guys want to check that out, you're more than welcome to dive into those reviews as well. Go to MechaTalk.net, guys, and make sure to uh, join the conversation. It's the official forums of mhq.net. Don't sleep. Go there and become part of the conversation. And uh, also uh, follow us on Twitter at Gundam at mhq at mhq.net and at ctcast for chaos theater check out the chaos theater podcast of course it's the other podcast that both chris and pedro are hosts of and they talk about things outside of the world of mecca and you should be checking that out uh search chaos theater on um itunes chaos theater uh or mhq and you'll find it and make sure to subscribe and leave them a review as well as Gundam on itunes as well thank you for doing so and back to you neil all right well
2: thanks everybody for joining us uh if you- uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with episode 188. Talk to you later.
1: You're the best, man! You are the king! You are the king!
0: Huh? <laughs> huh? It's you! What's the matter, sir?
3: Get Gune for me! Right! What are you doing here? Unlike you, I'm more than just a pilot. Come
1: back here! So
0: that's Shar. We fought together, Shar. Why do you want to destroy the Earth now? And the people who remain on Earth do nothing but pollute it because their souls are weighed down by gravity. <sighs>
1: Married couples fight with each other. Hold on. Sure.
3: Why? Earth can't live with all those parasites.
0: Human wisdom can overcome I... our problems. Then those ignorant people your so-called wisdom at this very moment. He's right. It can't be done. I'll do what you say after I get rid of you.
1: You're not fighting fair! Quest? Shall we go? Huh? Sure, Quest!
3: At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint. I can't
2: uh, pay rent with these things. One's a pumpkin and these Asgardian coins, they're not worth
3: anything. In Asgard, those coins, these coins are worth a gazillion human dollars, okay? There's a gazillion. You're rich. There's a gazillion. Gazillion, gazillion, gazillion. No one will exchange these. Go to the market, set up a store, Right. Yeah. yeah. Asgardian ware. Previously owned by Thor. I'm a celebrity that will sell like hotcakes.
2: You might need to think about getting a, getting a job.
3: <laughs> get a job? Seriously? Yeah. I have a job. Do you know what my job is? I save the planet. Yeah. Maybe you should get a job. I have a job. Really? You know no, I'm job. Hitting the machine with the words that come out of it? Oh, this is knowledge. Knowledge is power. No, it's not. Knowledge is not power. That's power. The brain is a muscle, and that's a muscle, and that's a muscle, and they are all muscles. This is all muscle. So I am covered in brains, and I have more brains than you.
0: So do you think maybe we could just think I it I think up? we the... need a servant. I don't think we can get a servant. We should
1: get a servant. We c- I don't Yay! Think we it's can settled. Get a We're getting a servant!